On today's show, KB and I talk about Dark Phoenix, the last X-Men movie helmed by Fox. What were our initial thoughts? And was this the proper way to finish off the X-Men franchise? Also, Jessica Jones Season 3 has dropped. We have a non-spoiler discussion on the final Marvel show on the Netflix streaming service. And speaking of streaming services, we discuss an article asking if the DC Universe streaming service can survive. And then, on the final countdown, KB and I list our top five favorite X-Men. So join us, will you, as we converse about some very dark and powerful women on this episode of Free Your Geek. Focus on my voice. I'm not giving up on you, Jean. She was my friend. You're my family, Jean. Stop, no matter what. Stop, stop, stop! And welcome to Free Your Geek. I am your host, Jay Free. With me is KB. What's up, what's up? And why did you make me do that? Why did you make me watch Dark Phoenix? I don't know. Um, we're we're here Jedi today. Jedi mind trick. <laughs> Pretty well. That's a t- now that's a Disney property. So this is a Fox property. So we're going to be on totally different pages with that. Not anymore. Well, that's a very <laughs> that's a very true statement. Um, I think it's going to be very interesting. We're going to start off by discussing our thoughts on Dark Phoenix, and then we're going to be talking about a non. We're going to go into heavy spoilers with Dark Phoenix, but then. Uh, after the break, we're going to talk a little bit about Jessica Jones season three, where it's going to be a non-spoiler overview, and then we're going to stick to the streaming services. We're going to go from Netflix to the DC Universe streaming service, talk a little bit about that, and then we're going to rank our top five favorite X Men. So, starting right off, KB, I'm going to I'm going to kick it off with you as I get my notes out here. Uh, what did you just overall opinions? And again, as we, we mentioned, spoilers abound for the Fox property, the last X-Men film in the Fox property, Dark Phoenix. Thoughts? Go. I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. Um, I think really it was a hodgepodge of you know uh, uh, different things that they probably just put together uh, with all the reshooting and things like that. Uh, you know, That being said, the typical X-Men action was there. The stories were there, but they weren't they weren't perfect, um, but is it really any worse than some of the other X Men movies? Or, or um, you know, it's definitely not better. It's not a, anything that the MCU has ever done. But uh, I just feel like it was it was okay. I don't think it's as bad as the critics were were, were trashing it, but um, but it was it, it was it was an average movie to me. Um, a little rushed, a little uh, the the movie is a little rushed. The the the, the story is a little crazy. Um, they don't focus on Gene enough, uh, which is one of one of the problems that I had with it is we don't really focus on uh, her. Just it, 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 there's kind of a lot of time. Not, I don't want to say time jumping, but with all the X Men films, you know, it's like Magneto and uh, Professor Xavier don't seem to age. Like if you think about the timeline of X Men First Class, was that what sixty five, sixty two? Exactly, like that? exactly. And now, now we're in nineteen ninety two. Thirty years later, and they still look. They, they, Michael Fassbender didn't even have a, a gray hair on his head. You know what I mean? So it's like there's things like that that kind of can make a movie feel and in, in, just feel off. And I feel like the X Men franchise has always had that problem. I remember Jay Free had a beef with Cyclops in the Wolverine movie. 
I well, a long time ago. I, I had a problem with Cyclops and and uh, X Men Origins age Wolverine wise. Uh, age wise, like where it was it was set in the eighties. Yep. Um, which is at the same time he was part of the X-Men, so it could align. It was a different actor. But they also had Emma Frost in her diamond form in X-Men Origins Wolverine. Yeah. But then she was fully grown as the White Queen in X-Men First, First Class, Class. Which is before... Which yeah, was 20 years before X-Men yeah. Origins Wolverine. So it's like then they tried to retcon all of that with Days of Future Past. So they basically... Reboot. They all, tried to reboot it. Yeah. Right. And again, to an extent, it's fine. But now, so we're assuming the prime timeline in this X-Men franchise movie yeah. is the one where Mystique is a hero. Yeah. And that's that's fine. I'm I'm fine with like artistic and creative liberties with that. Um I just feel like it's it's more because Jennifer Lawrence is the biggest theoretically uh speaking, objectively speaking is the biggest star in this yeah. movie. You Sophie know, the, Turner was like fifth on the star list. Right. That. And, that, yeah. and the movie is about her, you know? Yeah. Or at least her descent and they used um they used Mystique as the catalyst of Gene going off the rails. Yeah. Um, again, spoilers, but uh, they killed Jennifer Lawrence's character pretty yep. early in this movie. What I did like about the movie, though, t- I, I agree with your point about the time frame and the time being off. What I did like about the movie, though, is I liked how it, even though it was kind of shoehorned in, that it took place similar to the way it happened in the comics with the mm-hmm. Phoenix Force incorporating, you know, and inhabiting Gene's body. Yep. I think they went. In my opinion, they could have done two movies. This could have been yeah. the first movie and then see Absolutely. her go dark in the second movie. Um, but I will say it was headed and shoulders to me above uh, Last Stand. Yeah. Um, but it had some of the same problems where it was just kind of like shoehorning in mm-hmm. mutants. And like, for example, in Last Stand, there was a Psylocke. There was, um, I forgot what the... the uh, Caliban. Caliban. Oh, was it Caliban? I don't know if it was Caliban was in Caliban? the last stand. But there was there was another one that moved in shadows, and, and it was just like, all, you know, and Gene was just, had basically yeah. uh, split personality disorder, like a, you know, borderline schizophrenic, and it was like her evil side, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to a power that corrupted her, which this took it a little bit different. They still went the route of her being like, you know, having trauma as a child, mm-hmm. and, you know, Xavier using questionable methods, and again, to your point, I think they rushed through so much of that story. Are you thinking of Apocalypse? No, no, no. I'm not thinking of oh. I'm thinking of The Last Stand. So okay. there, was a, there was a version. It wasn't uh, Olivia Munn who played Psylocke in mm-hmm. Apocalypse. She, there was a Psylocke in The Last Stand that was on Magneto's side. Wow, I, I forgot all about that. And there was another one that had the little metal thing in, like, mm-hmm. in the bottom of her lip, that storm kind of like. Yeah. And then there was the other guy that uh, turned like he like, had spikes shoot out of his yeah. skin. Yeah, you, you know what kind of disappoints me in in if you want to call these, well, I wouldn't call them trilogies, right? But in the whole X Men universe, the first time, the second time, it fails in the fact that it doesn't use the characters correctly. There are so many characters that just don't get used, or don't get put in enough. Or Juggernaut's a good example. Um, Colossus is, is is a decent example of like characters that just like when we there's when, no development. I'll put it this way: I'll, I'll save that for a little bit because that's uh, a lot of my sticking points on the when we get to the final countdown. Your countdown. When I yeah. get there, I'm going to talk about how why I I picked them because they're also my favorites, but how they could be used in the MCU yep. moving forward. Um, I can't wait to see what the MCU does with this. It's going to be a while. Yeah, it will it's be, be a, while. a few years. I, but... I think it'll be the Fantastic Four that they're going to focus on first, but um. I have some ideas that I can I can do here as well when we get to the final countdown at the end of the show, but overall I like I agree with you. I don't think it was the worst movie. Yeah, I, critics were killing it. And, and and again, it's rushed. It's being panned. Yeah. But I think it's it's coming at the point now where we've had so many amazing MCU movies. I think yeah. critics can't compare or fans it. are like trying to compare it where it's like you have to kind of separate that and say exactly it, within the X Men universe. I think it's head and shoulders above. Uh, Last Stand, mm-hmm. I think it's head and shoulders above Apocalypse, Apocalypse and mm-hmm. X-Men Origins Wolverine. I think yep. it's even above that. Yeah, so it's not the worst movie right. that it's, they've it's, done. I think it's middling, and I even yeah. think you know it could probably be on par with the Wolverine. Um, you know, I think the top, the, if, in my opinion, the top movies in the X-Men mm-hmm. franchise universe has yeah. been X2 and Logan. Those are, yeah. I think, the two best out of all of them. And then Days I of agree. Future Past, I think, was pretty good. Is is good, and that kind of goes looking at it separately. It was pretty right. good. Yeah, X Men One was good. You know, uh, X Men First Class was really good. Yeah. Again, they're taking liberties. Not that I have a problem with that, but to your point again, when they get to the timeline, Alex Summers is a young man in yeah. 1960s, and his younger brother is 20 years younger than him. 
Yeah. I can I can get that Alex would be older than Scott, even though traditionally it's the other way around. Yep. Scott's the older brother. But to have like, you know, oh, here's my younger brother, Scott, who is, you know, a, a young 19-year-old kid come or 20-year-old kid or 20-something-year-old kid at uh, Dark Phoenix timeline. So there's got to be what, like a 20, 25-year difference like between that. their ages yeah. and... and and I, I don't know how I don't know how I feel about that. And again, I can suspend, suspend my disbelief to a certain extent, but yeah. I think it gets to a point. But overall, I don't think it was the worst. No, the great action. Yeah, you know, great well, action I, I sequences. Say, and the the top things for me were the the nod to the comics with the yep. Phoenix Force actually entering. Good genes. effects, good special effects. Special effects I thought were amazing. Really um, but um, the thing that got me, um, you know, I know you want to mention a certain character. That you want to go ahead, go ahead. Dazzler, yeah. So Jay Free had a dazzler in his pants when okay, he saw that's, that. All right. First of all, that's inappropriate. Listen, we're we're, we're still PG thirteen. We're we're explicit on the podcast, but come on, dude. That's just a little much. No, I did like seeing that character though. I think that I like the nod well, to the character. Here, here's the other thing that I kind of am really disapp- not disappointed about, just more like just sad about is like. We had some great character development that, um, or characters that I was kind of excited to see get to come come through, like with Logan, right? With X twenty three, like with the MCU kind of buying that now and owning all of that. It's like, what's going to happen with that great acting job that was done in Logan, and you know that 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 character that X twenty three has a great storyline now in the comics, so. Um, I was really excited to, to to see something with that come off that Logan movie. You know what I mean? Um, and develop you know new mutants and all, and all this other stuff. Um, the other one, the other one that I was thinking of is uh, Dazzler herself. Uh, Dazzler was played by Halston Sage, who is on. If anybody watches the uh, Orville, she was on the first season of the Orville. I did not know that. She's she she's a real cutie. She's 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 good good actress. Um, so kind of disappointing because I think she's perfectly casted for the role of Dazzler, and now that's probably gonna. But fall again, apart. to our to our previous um, objections to the movie, in the comic books, Dazzler actually plays a really big part mm-hmm. in the Dark Phoenix. And, and again, a character not taken advantage of. Right, and it was a nod to the comics, and and we'll we'll talk a little. Like I said, I don't want to keep like prefacing this and and you know saying listen to the final countdown, but I have so many gripes with some of the, my choices on how they were used in the current X-Men yep. movies that I have such a problem with. I will say this. They did show her powers very well for that short time. They did. And again, it goes back to the special effects. It was a good situation of like being in the woods and able to like do all that light. And like yeah, I thought it was really awesome, actually. I thought the plot was, again, to, to go back to that, too. I was just talking about Dazzler's thing. No, 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 no. Yeah. But that, you just reminded me when we were talking about characters not being used. Characters that were used... What happened? Like Quicksilver was yeah. like in like three minutes, and then he was like taken out of the whole. thing. You were looking forward to another one of those scenes where right. he just and, like. And I get that you can't yeah. always go back to that, and then they kind of psyched you out. With but that. people enjoy that, right? But yeah. we let's talk about Beast and how quickly he turned yeah. against Xavier after all these years. Like they didn't really build any of that drama for me. Mm-hmm. I, it felt rushed. And then obviously, Dark Phoenix is the villain. But let's talk about the person kind of uh, positioning her and. For lack of a like, basically pointing that weapon. I don't even know what the character's name is. That alien. Yeah. Like, and I, I read the reports that they did a bunch of reshoots because it was too similar. They were going to use the scrolls. Yeah. And then they went against that, and but it's still similar to the scrolls that they can assume different identities. Um. But again, it was just kind of like the. It was. It was. Pa- it was a paper thin plot device mm-hmm. for like the villain saying like, oh, I'm going to manipulate this Phoenix force mm-hmm. because it destroyed my people, but now it's like the way to bring my people back. And you don't really get a lot of that till very late in the movie, or at least like halfway through right? And the it understanding kinda, of it. And it kind of, yeah, and, and, and to your to the point that we've talked about for other things, we talk about, speaking of Sophie Turner, going back to the Game of Thrones side mm-hmm. of the house where you know a lot of people were disappointed by this season because they felt the storylines were rushed yep. they weren't properly you know given time to breathe yep. and show like the 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 angst of the characters building up to those moments mm-hmm. it was just kind of like here's this here's this here's yep. this we're done we're out and so while it made sense it, yep. it would have been it would have had more of an impact had it had room to breathe and build all mm-hmm. that suspense mm-hmm. and i think it's the same thing with this movie i think that they could have done 
again, I think they they focus a little bit on be, uh, on Mystique being the catalyst for a while, why Jean's out of control, and they try to shoehorn in a bunch of different mm-hmm. things. Um, There's always no, the other thing I know. You know, I'm sure you've noticed it too. In in pretty much all the X Men movies, is that there's always, always, always Logan is the exception, but there's always a focus on where Magneto stands and Magneto's story, and you know, like even in even in Apocalypse, like there's a focus on his story, and it's like, I love Magneto, I love the character, I do love the story, but if the movie's not long enough to stand on its own, it's kind of taking up space. If you get what I'm saying. So, like here, like the, the, they go to basically, you know, the island where where he has his mutant it's refuge. A, it's, it's a sanctuary, sanctuary yeah. the sanctuary, and it's like again building on something that he's doing or his feelings, his emotions, and and it. I don't want to say it, it felt like a the main like a main plot, but it felt like it was right along the main plot. Well, I think it was important, and, and I, we're gonna I'm gonna repeat this and repeat this and repeat this. Yeah. If it had more time to breathe, because exactly. I love the dichotomy between Xavier's methods yep. and Magneto's methods. And I methods. would have appreciated that if we had a three-hour movie right. or two movies, like you said, you know. And I think that the fact that he's now trying to use Gene and realizing that what Gene's done is worse up than- until the point, and that was the kind of... The, the biggest gripe I've had about this movie was similar to Batman versus Superman, where Batman's beating wow. up... Well, no, no, <laughs> listen, this is, let, me, let me tie the two together. Batman <laughs> is... Thoroughly thrashing Superman, and Superman says, you have to save Martha. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, your mom's name is Martha? My name is my mom's name is Martha. Oh, Let's. you mean like when his switch goes off? Yeah, like, oh, like we need to work together. Where Magneto, at this point, is like all about helping Jean until he finds out that, oh, she killed Raven. Yeah. Then it's all like, oh, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to, I'm going to like now have a, uh, I want to attack Jean and kill her. Like, where he was yeah. just helping her after, like, he'd been talking to her, saying, whose blood is that on your shirt? He knows she did something irreprehensible mm-hmm. and something that she has to, you know, that she's dealing with. And then once he finds out it's Raven, of, of course, all bets are up. But it's just, like, yeah. it's so quick. Yeah. It's you don't so get time quick. to digest it. No, it's just, it's and it's all, it's it's just a, a lot. It's rushed. It's not a horrible movie, but I, like I said, I wouldn't put it in, I wouldn't even put it in the top 50% of the X-Men movies by Fox. And I thought we weren't talking about Batman versus Superman anymore. No, no, we we can go back and listen to that one of our older episodes where KB went on his rant. But uh, yeah, have your kids cover their ears. Well, um, any final thoughts before we uh, go to break? Uh, what's your score? On a one to ten. Five. See, I, I see. I think that's harsh. Really? I'm like a six and a half, seven, something okay. in that range. Because I just feel like the special effects were amazing, and like the 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 the, the trains, the the battle sequence on the train, I thought was excellent to me. Okay. I really did. It's just like you know, you saw a good use of a lot of all their powers. The Magneto scenes were were fantastic so in that. You say what six and a half, seven, somewhere in that range. Okay, so where would you put something like uh, Days of Future Past? Days of Future Past. I'm just trying to get a gauge of where you would rank things here. See, I like Days Days of Future Past a lot. Like to me, that was like an eight and a half. Like, okay, I, I, I like okay, that. One. I'm just gonna go through yeah. it. Some of the ones X two. X two was like a nine for me. Nine and a okay. half. Okay. First class, uh, eight and a half. Eight. I Apocalypse, it. about on par with the with the Jean Grey movie, like six and a half, seven. Okay, how about uh, Last Stand? Last Stand, oh, five. Okay, see, I'd give that five about and a half. A th- I'd give that about a three. So that's that's so, my barometer, and yeah. then I'd I'd give X two probably a nine. Eight and a half. I loved X two. I thought it was really. And good. then Logan, I'd give probably nine and a half. Like that. Was yeah, Logan. Well, Logan be nine Logan, and a half Logan's too. The best to me out of all of them. But I, I loved X two. I loved the. I loved the the whole Nightcrawler scene at the beginning was just it was just amazing. You know that was it. Was, it was like probably not amazing now if you watched it. You know what I mean? But like back then at the time, it oh was, absolutely it was it was phenomenal. So, but yeah. Uh, so you gave it. What'd you say? I gave a it a six, solid five, five, right in the middle. And I gave right it six average. and a half, seven. So. So I don't think you're wasting your money seeing it. I would highly recommend you wait for it to come out on DVD see, or Redbox. Before see, you with the special theater. effects, I, I feel like uh, it's worth it. I would wait for it to come on FX. FX? Yeah, wait, wait till it's in syndication on, on FX. Not even Netflix, FX. Yeah, FX. Don't don't worry, the commercials will actually It'll be free with Disney Plus at some point. <laughs> Perhaps, <laughs> yes. Because they, they, they're going to use the Fox library, so... All right, folks. Well, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to give a quick overview of some Jessica Jones, talk about some DC Universe uh, streaming platform, and then get into our final countdown. Who are you? The better question is, who are you? 
Are you a scared little girl who answers to a man in a chair? Or are you the most powerful creature on the planet? I don't know who I am. Yes, you do. You're the girl who everyone abandons. Maybe they had good reason. Because what's inside you? You're afraid of it because you think it makes you bad, evil. All the words you've been taught to keep you in line. Words created a very long time ago by men with very little minds. They can't begin to comprehend what you are. Hey guys, I want to quickly tell you about 4041 Media. It is a collection of podcasts in the southeastern Massachusetts region, including For Your Geek, and we are proud to be part of the 4041 Media family. So check out 4041media.com to listen to For Your Geek, or if you happen to be a movie buff, check out Movie Theater Time Machine, or if you want to know why the crazies do the crimes that they do, check out the Psych Your Crime podcast. 4041 Media, by listeners, for listeners. Hello? Jessica Jones. You are a cheater. You were given every advantage. Allowed to make mistake after mistake. You can't control yourself. You have no discipline. Just brute force. What do you want? I want you to die. still a hero if nobody thinks you are like i give a shit what other people think and welcome back to the free your geek podcast i am still jay free and with me i'm still kb luckily uh now we're going to talk about so we started with dark phoenix spoiling that now we're going to give just a quick overview of a non-spoilery just because i haven't seen it kb hasn't started not it yet seen it. Um, quick shout out to my buddy, Brittany. Uh, she hosts a podcast called thoughts with Tracy and Brittany. Uh, she actually sent me a message. I believe the Friday that it dropped asking me, she's like, you need to DM me. You need to DM me when you, when you finish finish this, because we need to talk about it. I am 12 and a half episodes in. I got about 15 minutes uh, left. And then I came over. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. KB, KB showed up to record the podcast. I said, get here at this time. He showed up like 20 minutes earlier. I was like, okay, that's fine. Let's just do this. I'll pause it. Um, but again, I want to give just a quick overview. Uh, so KB, uh, do you remember the first two seasons? Pretty much, yeah. Okay, so we know the first season it was kind of like dealing with PTSD yep. with Kilgrave. Yep. And then the second season, she kind of you know meets her, finds out her mother's alive. Yep. And at the conclusion of the second season, and spoilers if you haven't watched mm-hmm. it, I'm going to give you three seconds. I wasn't even talking during those three seconds, but Trish ends up shooting Jessica's mother. Mm-hmm. So we kind of pick up like a year later. I'm not going to spoil everything else here. I think it's I think it starts a year later. And we have the same old cast of characters. Jessica obviously dealing with the fallout of all that. We have Trish. We have Malcolm, who Malcolm mm-hmm. is probably like the, the char- character development of Malcolm over the three seasons mm-hmm. I think has been so, so good. Just the first two seasons that I saw was awesome. We still have Jerry Hogarth, who's uh, again played by, uh, what's her name, Carrie Ann Moss. Yep. So good, Trinity from Trinity. from the <laughs> Matrix movies. So what I call it, and I think she does her character so great too. She's so like manipulative, and she's always like she's so good. She's so good in this this series, and uh, there's a lot of stuff going on with her. I'm not going to give that away, but um, our main villain, which you heard in that little tag, is a guy by the name of Salinger, and without giving too much away, he just believes that Jessica is a cheater and she's fake because she was she's cheating with her powers and she's not she didn't earn them where he has multiple degrees and doctorates and he's just very very smart and I don't know the actor that plays him but he is so creepy 
and he's so like slimy and, and just makes you, the, the hair on the back of your neck stand up. You need that after the Kilgrave after first right. season. Right, and I, I think that was good because it's it's not like a Kilgrave yeah. where he, he's just he has like he's morally bankrupt and he doesn't know right from wrong. This guy does, and he's thinking he's superior. He has a purpose. Yeah, right. and it's just it's different. Like Kilgrave was like he had this power and he was a sociopath. Yeah. This guy is absolutely like off his rocker. But he's intelligent and he's calculating in a different way than Kilgrave was. And it's just so, so interesting. It's a game of cat and mouse between him and Jessica. We also meet a new love interest by the name of Eric. He's got a really cool backstory, too. I won't spoil that. But overall, I think it's way better than season two. And I think it's almost on par with season one. I think that's that's how close we are um, to it. And Jessica Jones been getting great reviews. Between Jessica yeah. Jones and Daredevil, um, I don't know. I don't know what my favorite series is. I know a lot of people prefer Daredevil, and I, I, I get it because it's it's gritty, it's dark, it's violent. It's, it's a bit a more action oriented, right? Where this is a lot more film noir, which is like I think it's so it's it reminds me of detective work. Like if we you're a video game guy, yeah. it reminds me of like Heavy Rain, yep. like very very much a, a game like that where it's kind of like. There's all suspense kinds of different the suspense, on, yeah. and there's you don't know who's playing who and and where you know who's whose side whichever, and everybody switches sides. It's so so interesting. So I definitely recommend checking that out. So KB, once you finish that up, you're gonna have to talk to me, and we'll maybe we'll do like a quick KB review on another podcast yeah. just when you finally finish that, or at least get around to seeing it and start telling us telling the listeners what you think of Jessica Jones season three. I'm looking forward to it though, like based on what you're saying. Yeah, it's it's really great, and I, I think I think right now, I mean, but it would to me it would have been either a toss up between this or another season of Daredevil. If if the Marvel series are coming off Netflix, obviously we know that's happening. All the other series have been canceled. I'm, kinda, I'm, I'm really sad about that. I I am too, but it, again, from a business standpoint, if Netflix is putting the money into this production, yeah. and Marvel's starting their own service that's going to be competing with them, yeah. like why would you be putting oh, in? No, I understand the business point of it. I definitely understand the business point of it. But I'm just hoping that with the Marvel streaming service with Disney Plus, I am hoping that they can get some of these because Kristen Ritter Fantastic. nails yeah. it as Jessica Jones. I was never a fan of anything else she's done, yeah. um, but this is just like I just I love her. I think she's just she's got the character so down. It's the packed. character she was born to play, like Ryan Reynolds in Deadpool. It's like now I'm not saying I'm not comparing the the characters or, or you know I'm just comparing what the the role is for the actor. Um, and it, the thing is too that really kind of disappoints me with this whole thing is that we know at the end of defenders what happened to daredevil you know what i mean we know right. he's out there and uh and then you know we came back and it's kind of like i just was i just was so looking forward to i know some of the shows got like like i know iron fist got kind of got punched in the mouth review wise um i know luke cage didn't get the best reviews but i liked all the shows enough where i was really looking forward to the universe moving forward and we might still, that's still all up in the air. Could be on Hulu. It could be. And uh, I also want to point out, though, real quick, that um, Rachel Taylor, who plays Trish Walker, mm -hmm. as much as this season is a story about Jess, I actually, again, talking about Brittany, like I was I was telling her, I said, I don't, I feel like Trish and season two you was a very selfish, selfish character. But and you could they, see the buildup. And they've, they've led to something where I wasn't even yeah. liking her at the beginning of this season. Now seeing where her character has progressed, or as as mm -hmm. the story's gone on, I won't give it away. But I am so like it's like this actress uh, or actor. I don't know if they like to be called actresses or actors. I'm gonna just go with actor because I think it's just fair across the board. But Rachel Taylor is unbelievable as Trish Walker, as much as um, Kristen Ritter is mm -hmm. as uh, Jessica Jones. They have good on screen chemistry too. They they truly do. They truly do, and I'm I'm a big fan um, of both of those ladies. And I think they both they both really bring it. And it's just a very exciting, very interesting, very plot and twisty season of uh, Jessica Jones. And if they had to go out with uh, you know a series, mm -hmm. I was it would either be that or Daredevil for me. But again, we talked about Netflix being a streaming service. We said what's going to happen now when mm -hmm. it goes over to Disney Plus. <coughs> but from the other side of the comic book realm, let's talk about the DC streaming. Uh, DC Universe, DC the streaming Universe. platform. I haven't even tried it. I was thinking about it, but then I kind of just... Well, I, I'm appreciate, like, I have too many streaming services. I appreciate your candor, but uh, I actually am going to, in the show notes, 
uh, link so- to a article from Screen Rant. So, uh, go ahead. And uh, it's the the title of the article is DC streaming service falling apart. Is it falling apart? And they list a couple of different things on why they think it might not survive. And I purposely, similar to last week where I didn't give KB any uh, information on the Avengers game, I'm doing the same thing here, and I just want to get his opinion. So the first point they make is the way that they already scheduled the shows. So they mentioned that the DC Universe original TV show schedule was released at Comic-Con during the summer of 2018, revealing the first of DC Universe's upcoming original series would be Titans. Titans, yep. I remember that. But it wouldn't premiere until one month after the service launched. So so people had no reason to initially like buy it. Yeah. That's the, a mistake. The second point they make was Swamp Thing, which I hear is getting amazing reviews, mm-hmm. was set to take an extremely dark horror movie-like approach to its source material courtesy of Saw, Saw director James Wan's involvement. Mm. However, the show was unexpectedly cut from 13 to 10 episodes and then canceled almost immediately after the first episode aired of season one. And we still don't have a reason on and that. And they haven't given us they a reason. given a reason. So of those two points, let's let's talk about that real quick. What do, what do you think? I, again, I, I want to get this streaming service. I have not. I'm surprised you haven't already. So you're such to, a DC guy. I am. I love DC. Like I, I think it's unfair that a lot of people compare the MCU uh, movies to the DC movies. I mean, it's people different. feel like that's the bar, right? But the bar is so high. <laughs> well, and it's just, it's a different universe. Yeah. Like, I I don't necessarily need everything to no. be dark and gritty. I think the the first Wonder Woman movie was fantastic. Yep. I think Aquaman was good. Uh, I still have my problems with Batman versus Superman. You know, for I know Suicide some people Squad like it. And- Suicide Squad again. I don't think it necessarily had to be like this awesome Avengers like movie. Mm-hmm. I Everybody just, wants that. It yeah. was it was just, you know, kind of like a throwaway. It's not not even a throwaway, but just like the characters, like here they are. Okay, you know, you know Harley Quinn, you know Deadshot. Those are the two you have to really worry about. Everything yeah. else is kind of like it's it's you know it's characters that are disposable because it's the Suicide Squad. Yeah. Any one of them can be killed at any point in time. So I don't think you have to have this big like you know, and again, I know the movie had a lot of editing issues where the Joker was actually mm-hmm. supposed to be the villain of the whole thing. It was, yeah. But again, my point is, is that I don't like to necessarily compare. It's comparing apples to oranges. Exactly. I don't necessarily like all the darkness the DC movies take, yep. but I still like to support them because I like the characters. You know yep. what I mean? Um, that being said, I want to go to the third point, and I think this is the most telling. Well, the second point I wanted to get yeah, to. Yeah, go for to. it. So Swamp Thing, like now I haven't seen it. Obviously, I don't have the streaming service, but I like you. I've heard great things about it. So why shoot yourself in the foot? It just doesn't make any sense for them with to just cancel it out like that. And and I just don't get that from a, a, a you know if you know you're struggling and you know critics like it and if you know people are liking it, unless something happened with the actors or directors or whatever. That's going to be a huge mistake probably for them down the road if this whole thing fails. Like if, if they fail, people will point to that and be like, this is why. So that's well, why I just wanted to here's, touch here's, on that. Here's the kick. This is why I think this is – of all the three reasons I listed here, this is I think is going to be the kicker right here. In October 2018, just one month after the launch of DC Universe, Warner Media CEO John Stanky announced a new streaming service would launch late in 2019, which would draw from various Warner-owned brands, including HBO – and Warner Brothers Entertainment. The proposed Warner Media streaming service was framed as a competitor to platforms like Netflix, Hulu, and the upcoming Disney Plus. Uh, so Warner Media service is expected to cost sixteen to seventeen dollars a month and include HBO, Cinemax, and the Warner Brothers vast library content, including New Line, The CW shows, Adult Swim, DC, Cartoon Network, The Criterion Collection, and more. So the question is, will the DC streaming service be absorbed into the Warner Brothers, into Warner Media, or whatever they're going to be calling that? I think they already feel like it's going to fail. So I think the fact that the they already, parent, the they already know company, it's going to fail. The parent company is already launching something where, so now, not only can the CW shows start on the, yeah. the DC Universe streaming all service. All the movies are in the Warner Brothers All library. the movies are going to be going there. Yeah, so, I mean... And what, what are they paying for DC Universe now? Like six, seven dollars? It's not that expensive. It's not that expensive. But if, again, if they roll that up and they say, "Hey, you know, this uh, Warner Media is ten bucks a month, but if you want the DC streaming service part of it, it's an extra seven bucks, so seventeen bucks a month." Or, I would, or maybe that's how they're going to try to save it. Perhaps. 
say, hey, you know, for 20 bucks a month, you know, $4 a month, we'll, we'll throw this in. Maybe it becomes an add-on to that service at some point because it doesn't sound like it's doing very well. But I hear a lot of the shows have been, some of the shows have been pretty good because was it Doom Patrol or is that is that on CW or is that on the... No, the, Doom the, Patrol, Doom Patrol is, again, is, getting great. Titans was yep. getting like rave reviews. Swamp Thing was like killing it. Yep. And Doom Patrol was also, is again, totally quirky. And that was another argument in the article is that it's not cohesive like the MCU, but I didn't have want to, to include that because it's like, again, you have... It's a mute uh, point. Even using the, even, even the CW shows, you have Arrow, which is dark, a Flash is a little lighter, Supergirl is very hopeful, and then Legends is just like bonkers and silly like yeah that's fine same thing with the and the other argument is if you want to compare it to netflix and the marvel shows daredevil has a different feeling than yeah. jessica jones which has a different feeling than luke, luke cage, cage which has a different feeling than iron fist so like you really can't in my opinion compare that and say well they didn't have the same it's not a cohesive universe it doesn't have to be if you're making a good product in your shows if, like that should be all that matters that's exactly right and that's what i'm saying is like if this if this fails because they're canceling stuff that they shouldn't and I mean that's just that's just silly, it really is. Ah, oh, KB, KB, yeah. KB. You know what I want to do? What? I want to get into our countdown. All right, let's do that, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't done this for a very, very long it's time. It's the final countdown. And to spare you, KB singing, I'm gonna put the actual. All right, KB, knock it off. It's the And it is the final countdown, and today we're counting down our top five favorite X-Men characters. So I'm going to let KB start off because I brought... I'm going to guess Jay Freeze. Oh, that's good too. Okay, so why don't you give me give me mm-hmm. your number five? No, no, I'm going to guess them right now. Oh, okay. Number five, Dazzler. Talk, talk into the... Number talking. five, Dazzler. Number four, Dazzler. Number three, Dazzler. Number two, Dazzler. Number one, Dazzler. Jay Free has a completely Dazzler countdown. I am <laughs> dazzled that you got all of those wrong. All right, KB, go with number five and shut uh, up. For me, um, again, and we're I don't you know we're not just talking about movies. I just want to remind people we're not just talking about movies or TV shows or comics. We're just favorite X Men period, um, and we'll probably talk about how we want to see them in the MCU a little bit. Uh, number five for me is Blink. I really, really like Blink's character. Um, loved it in the Age of Apocalypse comics kind of disappointed that she wasn't part of you know the the movie really right um the tv show the gifted character was done fantastically i watched both seasons it was uh jamie chung i think that played yep. her yep yeah. it was fantastic um and also i you know the external the externals comics as well i just love the character and again i just feel like it's one of those properties that fox did not use to its potential um to see her in the mcu i think would be pretty exciting um, especially you know maybe if they start doing like Avengers versus X Men kind of stuff. And what if they did an Exiles movie with all Exiles, the, and they could use that's what I was thinking iterations. of Exiles, not Externals. I'm sorry, yeah, Exiles. Yeah, yeah. So like, if they do an Exiles movie, like that would be fantastic. Um, so yeah, so Blink is um, you know, definitely, 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 definitely one of my favorites. Uh, so she's my number five. My number five with my little audio clip. I don't have audio. I'm not cool like Jeffrey. <laughs> Leave him alone, sinister. Your fight is with me. Ah, my body. This is impossible. So, you like playing God with mutants' lives? Well, just keep away from my friends! Ah! I should preface that all of my picks are going to have audio clips from the X-Men animated series. Uh, so my number five is Cyclops. Now, everybody's typically a Wolverine fan, and everybody like, oh, the Jean Grey, Scott, and and Wolverine love Triangle. I'm always Team Scott because Cyclops to me is, and they, they never got him right in the MCU in any iteration. He was always just in like- the MCU. I mean, in the in the I'm, thank you for correcting yeah. me in the Fox movies. Hopefully, they get him right in the MCU. My issue with him is that he's yes, he's always like the Boy Scout and he's always like the, the following the mm-hmm. rules, but he's also the soldier. So you want to talk about like we we talked about? I very briefly talked about the Wonder Woman movie. Mm-hmm. Like think about Steve Trevor in that movie. Yeah. Like Cyclops could have characteristics similar to that, where he's like you know 
he's badass, but he's also he's a soldier, but he also he's he's honorable. And and he's a leader, like he's like the Captain America of the X Men in a right. lot of ways. And I just feel like in in all of the X Men movies that Fox did, he's he's been an afterthought. It's not portrayed. Correctly. He's always been like the the goody goody, the goody touches, which he is. But it's also like the fact that Wolverine's like, you're going to tell me to stay away from your girl or, mm. you know, even the fact that he just went out like a punk yep. in, in The Last Stand where Gene just like kissed him and like disintegrated him or whatever. Like, I just feel he got punked out in every movie, mm-hmm. even in Dark Phoenix. He was not used properly. The whole thing is like the, the you're supposed to see the connection between Gene and Scott. Yeah. And there was very little of that, even in that movie. So I think that's one character that if once they come over the MCU I think needs a total overhaul and to show him how badass he is he's got a, a, an awesome kick-ass power he's like he knows he's a strategist mm-hmm. he's he he knows you know how to send his team he knows what the the value of the mission is and I think the best iteration of Cyclops we got was probably in the animated series and the yeah, original 90s you. animated series I agree with you on that one. so that's my number five is Cyclops number four for me Professor Xavier we might have totally different picks. That's awesome, though. Yeah, that would be good. Um, to me, like Professor X, I mean, he's the heart and soul of the X-Men, obviously. Um, one thing I, I did like about in the about him in the Dark Phoenix movie was the regret for what he did to Gene. I thought was interesting side of the character that we don't get to see that often. Like, a lot of times we see him, you know, just as the humble leader and, you know, there was a lot of like, hey, this is your ego getting in the way. Um, we see scenes of him in the movie with, um, you know, the president and, and, and going to like, receive some, you know, Medal of Honor and, and things like this. And it, it's just like they they put a good little twist on his story, which was which was good because it's not just a typical run of your mill. Professor X kind of is just the 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 support of the whole thing and, and, and you know, leads. And um, so and, and I do like James McAvoy's you know, Xavier, but I like Patrick Stewart's Xavier too. I didn't have a problem with them. Um, but Charles Xavier is just one of my favorite characters. And obviously the dynamic with him and Magneto is, is one of the most fascinating stories about the X-Men and their difference of opinions of, you know, Charles wants to save the world to prove that mutants, um, you know, are not a threat. They can peacefully they can coexist. Peace, peacefully coexist. Exactly. And you have, you know, you have Magneto with that whole opposite of like, no, 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 we're the dominant species here. Um, and they were best friends that both went through the Holocaust. And it's interesting that they get totally different personalities based on coming out of that. Uh, so, again, I, I just love Professor X. I think it, it's it's a it's a very important part uh, to the whole X-Men universe. So I agree. And I agree. I think he's like the moral compass. And yep. it's, it's funny that he can actually kind of waver in that morality mm-hmm. from time to time too and that's that makes a good character yep absolutely so that's my number four professor x my number four no he's right so all people are flawed and all struggle with their capacity for sin none likes to be reminded of our shared human weakness my appearance does not make it easy don't it make you crazy it did once but then i found peace by devoting my life to god He directed me to this place where they value the character of my heart, not my appearance. So my number four is Nightcrawler. I love Kurt Wagner. Uh, There's going to be a theme from uh, four through one with uh, the dichotomy of certain characters. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that Nightcrawler is very peaceful. He's very religious, but he looks like the spawn of Satan. He looks like a demon. Mm-hmm. And I just love that like that difference, you know, the Jekyll and Hyde almost, if you will, of the two and how it kind of like ties together. Like an evil gargoyle. Right. And I think moving forward, we talk about the MCU. I think, again, we talked about X2. X2 mm-hmm. was amazing. Mm-hmm. X2, he, he had a great part in. And we talked about that opening scene that just set the tone for that movie. Right, and I would have liked to have seen more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think he was used pretty well for the most part in Dark Phoenix as far as like his power set. And but where I, his character was. I think I yeah. think they needed, yeah, but they didn't flesh him out as a character yeah. as much. Um, so I was, very, I was very kind of disappointed with that. So I'm hoping 
if they bring him into the MCU, I think it should be a little bit later of a movie, and I think mm-hmm. you should establish Mystique because I would yep. like for him th- them to do the 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 speaking of dichotomy, the evil mother you want to do giving the, birth, this, the, the daughter son, uh, the, the, the mother son thing. Yeah, and yeah. I think I think that'd be a cool little concept. So I like his power set. I like you know just the, the way that his characterization. Again, I just I, to me the big thing is the characterization of of all these different uh, X Men. Uh, that we're talking about, and just the fact that he is so peaceful, but his, you know, again, his appearance is one thing, but then you get to know him, mm-hmm. and his personality is the exact opposite mm-hmm. of what his his outer visage uh, tends to bring to the forefront mm-hmm. of your mind. So that's my number four, Nightcrawler. Number three, next on the list for me, is Rogue. Jay Free's like looking at me. Okay, like, no, no, like, like I, like I want to hear that. I'm just curious. Go ahead. Um, so like for me, like I. I think one of the, the, the best parts of X-Men stories is the, how do I say it? Like the, 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 the tragedy of some of them, mm-hmm. you know, the, um, kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Can't find it. Anyway, to me, it's like with Rogue, her, her powers, her powers in the way that they work. Um, are just it's such a gift and a curse if you think about it it's kind of the truest the truest uh, ideal probably for a mutant right like your power is both your gift and your curse and it's so well played it's so well thought out and that ability to steal powers or to take powers you know is, is something that never really got flushed out in, in any time that she was used before. We're talking the first X-Men franchise. Second X-Men franchise, first class, and all that. She wasn't even used. Ba- barely. Was she Was she even in one? She was, no. Days, it was for first class, again, a separate timeline. Yep. So it's the only time one. she's brought in was Days of Future Past, yep. where they kind of merged the two timelines. Yep. So, again, just not fleshed out. I didn't like the, the characters kind of being like the kid. Like, that was one of the things I didn't like with the first X-Men franchise was um, basically it's like she kind of took Jubilee's place. Right. In, in the, the kind or, of the relationship with Kitty Wolverine. Yeah, or Kitty Pride, yeah. Uh, so I just feel like the characters wasn't done right. But to me, the, those great tragedies for the character that cause conflict and cause pain and, and, and for them to feel that pain and then overcome that pain and then feel it again, um, it can make you really feel for a character and dive into it. And, and, and it can rip your heart out sometimes. And it can make you happy and excited for the character, depending on what they're going through or how they're using their power or what their power is doing to them personally. Um, so, yeah, so Rogue is definitely my number three. Um, I definitely prefer uh, X-Men, the animated series Rogue, <laughs> over over kind of the way that she's been portrayed, you know, in, in, in the movies. Uh, and I hope that if she does go to the MCU, that that's what we kind of see a more adult Rogue, more of an actual hero rogue than kind of just the straight kind of drama childish rogue that we've seen uh so that is my number three rogue well the reason i was making that smiling face because my number three you have great strength as well as great beauty why do you wish to become merely normal because i don't want to live my whole life without knowing what it's like to touch another human being my number three is also rogue and i have my notes here uh, the reason, because she is a powerhouse, I have on my notes tragic powers, to yep. your point. is very, you know, she can't touch, and it's like the one thing. She's a very lovable and loving person. Mm-hmm. And again, I think you can tie that into my earlier. If we were to bring her into the MCU, we already know Carol Danvers was running around mm-hmm. in the 80s and mm-hmm. 90s. Good point. We could start off with a young rogue in one of mm-hmm. the earlier movies working along Absolutely. Mystique. And then I think I my I met, on my notes I said maybe we could see something similar of like a, a redemption arc mm-hmm. for her starting her off in the first movie almost as a villain. Mm-hmm. Think about I mean we kind of saw that with Loki a little bit in the Thor yep. movies where yep. he's like starting to like come around and then obviously he dies in in uh, Infinity Wars. But like it's one of those things for me like I I love the redemption arc of a character and mm-hmm. I think Rogue basically you know running away from home after her tragedy and stealing those powers. And then getting Captain Marvel and maybe just having, because she's part part Kree or whatever the Tesseract did to her, kind of she, she saps some of that and it gives her the invulnerability. It doesn't give her the photon blasts, mm-hmm. but she's got that flight. She's got yeah. that invulnerability and she still has her power sapping mm-hmm. abilities. And then and the strength. And then you have that strength and yeah. then boom, there you go. Now you have, you know. A the character you can use. And, yeah. and, you know, for the future MCU. So yeah. 
that's why she's uh, my number three. Moving on, folks, to number two. Number numero dos. 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 Uh, for me, X-23. I really have... It, it's one of the few comics... I, I Jay, Free know, Jay Free knows that I, I used to really hit the comic book store hard. Um, but I switched over to the, the Marvel um, Unlimited service. But one of the few books that I still get every month is X-23. Um, not X-23 or Wolverine or whatever she gets, you know, whatever series she's in. Um, I really like the whole idea of that she's a she's a, a, a mutant that was built, that was, you know, designed, that was an experiment, that was, um, you know, cloned. And, and like that to me is like a really big different story that we haven't really seen a lot of yet. You know, um, I mean, obviously we see a little bit of it in Logan, uh, but I just feel like that story and the actress that pl- the the girl that played in Logan was was phenomenal. Top that notch. little girl, top, top notch. Top notch. She looked like a professional. I, I read something that even the actors were like scared when she was fighting because of the faces she would make and like not scared, but you know what I mean. They and made even, them cringe. But that and then the emotional parts. Yeah, the emotional, the emotional parts. Oh my god, it's, so it's just so good. And I just feel like that's one of those characters that just didn't get flushed out under the Fox banner. Um, so for me, I really want to see it in the MCU and I want to see some justice done to it. Um, I don't think I want to see her be Wolverine as she is in the comics. Um, but out of that, those comics, uh, she actually has a, she actually has a a younger sister, uh, who she finds is like a clone, you know, as well. A clone of her or a clone of Wolverine? A clone. They share the same, they're sisters. So clone of Wolverine. You know, interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, Honey Badger, who she takes in, and 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 then they start to have different opinions on you know what being a hero is and stuff. So, I'd like to see something like that. Um, I don't. I know. I think even in the MCU, she's not going to get a ton of focus. I just don't see that. But I'm hoping. I I'm think hoping. it would be like a like a if they were to do an X Men, I, I could see it like maybe at the end of the second or third movie, yep. and then spinning off depending on how many sequels yeah. they have. Like. Or if they decide to do an offshoot of the, like an X Force, yep. and they have like a Wolverine led team where yeah. a bunch of like I don't know if they do that because it's like yeah. it's it kind of goes against the whole PG thirteen. Yeah. Again, we also know that Deadpool, so I don't know. Yeah, but maybe it could be a series on on like Disney Plus or Hulu or something. Like, I just feel like it's a character that you know, and the comics do sell well as some of Marvel's uh, best books right now. Um, even the harshest critics seem to like it. So, uh, yeah, so I really think that it, it would be wise for that character to be in the MCU and, and be done justice. Um, so, yeah, that's my number two, X-23, Laura Kinney. My number two. Worthington is no more. Now there is only Archangel. Let the world beware. My number two is Archangel, and I just, I really, again, going with the themes of these characters, we started with, I mentioned Nightcrawler with that, you mm-hmm. know, the looking like a demon, but having a very peaceful soul, rogue, you know, with her, po- like, mm-hmm. the tragic powers. Archangel's another one that, like, he was, you know, in the comic books, he has, like, this great power, one of the founding f- founding members of the X-Men, mm-hmm. has these feathers, wings, he can fly very fast, mm-hmm. like, hollow bones, he gets to a point where he gets suicidal. His wings get impaled. He ends up crashing a jet. Apocalypse finds him, gives him a techno organic, gives him techno organic wings, brainwashes him to, mm-hmm. to be his horseman of death. And then once he's freed under Apocalypse's thrall, he kind of goes back and forth with mm-hmm. this like angry vengeance where he just wants to like hurt people yeah. and his true personality. And it's just Apocalypse has gotten into his soul. And it's just such a cool dynamic where it's like this guy when you think he had everything to live for he's like this playboy you know kind of like this bruce wayne type where he's got all this money from his his you know he's inherited all this money from his family and he's just you know he's got these really cool like a really easily to be concealed powers too mm-hmm. because he could just tuck his wings and and he could live the life and and pass as human mm-hmm. and then apocalypse gets his claws into him and just turns him into this killing machine yeah. and then again Talk about the Fox movies going into the MCU. If they ever bring them into the MCU, I'd like for them to start with the original five mm-hmm. X Men. That's what I'd like to see them start with. Old school, and, you know, and just start from there and build it up. And I'd like to see him being used because even in the Last Stand, he wasn't used that well. The Angel because with the mutant mm-hmm. cure because he's out for yep. the, they didn't flesh his character out. And then even in Apocalypse, like at least they kind of got the story right. 
they didn't flush it out enough, but at to least an they kind of got it. But it's just, right, I feel like I feel yeah, like I again, you. I hear. Where's the where's the the t- tugging on the heartstrings with the ties to the X Men? That this is their friend. Yeah. This is the guy that they grew up with and they you know started this team with. Like to me, that, that tie like, was never really there. Right. Yeah. They they he was never even mentioned. Movies, you know. Yeah. yeah. So it, to me, it was like if they could do it right, where it's like he's one of the founding members, and to see the the, the characters go through all that yeah. heartbreak as he gets transformed into Apocalypse's Angel of Death, I think it would just be so so good. So it would be. And I just I really like that character, so that's why my number two is Archangel. Number one, 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 one. Numero uno. For me, um, it's Magneto. It has to be Magneto for me. Um, I just feel like, despite all of the issues I've had with X-Men movies, that part of the X-Men movies has always been... His story. His stories are always fascinating to me. His mentality is always fascinating to me. His his look at the at the the world is is, is fascinating and he's that necessary villain in the X-Men universe that you need but at the same time there's a guy who can also be a hero when he wants to be um and it's just really really interesting to me how his character has evolved over the years how um how his his powers are just in, in first class we kind of see Sorlem evolve as well uh, so like I just really really love the character man I don't I don't know what else to really say and, and obviously the dynamic with him and Xavier is, is fantastic and Xavier number four on my countdown so I, I'll say a piece about him too he's not on my list he's actually an honorable mention I didn't choose any villains honorable mentions yeah. to me are Mr. Sinister Juggernaut another good one and Magneto Juggernaut's another good one too those are those are my three favorite villains Juggernaut I think edges all of them out yeah. But I think that what Magneto, the thing, the thing about a good villain yep. is that you can kind of relate to, to what exactly. they're, like their 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 method. Even though you don't agree with their methods, you can understand the where reasoning. they're coming from. Yeah. The reasoning, because Magneto, again, to your point, he doesn't want to say like all mankind needs to be abolished. It's just that you won't oppress us anymore. Yep. You can't oppress our species. And he sees uh, Homo sapiens superior, or Homo superior as you know uh, a higher tier than homo sapiens and where xavier wants them to coexist he's like no i've i've been i've lived through one you know group Holocaust. of people yeah. thinking that they're better and they should be oppressing these other people i will never let that happen again and how can you hate on yeah. that no. when you know that's like where he comes from what he's suffered and what he's dealt with yep. it's like you almost can say i justify yep. the way he feels and again, you might not agree with his actions. It's the same. It's the same argument yeah. you can talk about with the Punisher. Everybody yeah. loves the Punisher. Oh, I'll kill. But he's a villain. Yeah. When you really think, or an anti-hero, he's a killer. Yeah. You know, and, and that's the thing. It's like we have laws and rules for a reason. Yeah. And you know, for somebody to take the law into their own hands, right, wrong, or indifferent, whether you feel justified or not, it's still wrong in that sense. Yeah. Even though it might not feel that way, it's it is what it is, and it's the same thing with Magneto in the sense that. His methods you can agree with, but you I I can't justify what he's doing, even mm-hmm. though I agree with a lot of his feelings and thoughts and his just his whole mentality. Yeah, and it was depicted very well in X Men First Class when they were in the concentration camps and yeah. and the doctor messing with him and, and or even the first X Men movie. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So very very good good stuff with him, and I think he's probably a tough character for the MCU to kind of work with. I think. I think he's like along the line, same lines of like the Green Goblin within Spider-Man. Like he's you their key, he's their key foe, yeah. and he can even be in the background through a lot of it if you want. Yeah. But I think you need to include him. I think moving forward with the MCU, I think you could do a Mister Sinister, yeah. or you know we've already seen kind of some iterations of Juggernaut and mm-hmm. Apocalypse. But we have we could do a Shadow King. Yeah. We can do you know like Shadow King. You know good. we can do like we can eventually go to the Shi'ar and and yeah. and all that the Star Jammers. We can bring that and we can mm-hmm. bring in you know a different saber tooth. You know, we can bring in, you know, Mystique and, and the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants or the Brotherhood of Mutants, the Blob, Toad, Pyro, Avalanche. Cuckoos. The the Stepford Cuckoos, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, there's so many things you can do, but I think at some point Magneto has to be pulling the strings and then yeah. he's the main villain. He's like he's the one that you build up to. Just like the Avengers, everything built up to Thanos and they had medium threats. Mm-hmm. I think it's the same thing. Either that or you start off with Magneto and you build up to a I mean, they need one of those guys. They need either him or Doctor Doom. To kind of be the center of the next, I think it'll be phase. Doom. I, I think it should be Doom. I think it really should be. Uh, so yeah, so that's my number one, Magneto. 
All right. Uh, for anyone that knows me very well, my number Dazzler. one. Dazzler. Nope. That's why, KB, you don't know me very well. Here's here's my number one. It's over, Bill. Remy, don't leave me again. This is not my home. I am not thief or assassin. I am an X-Man, and I'm never coming back. My number one is Gambit. The man Jeff wants to be. I do want to be him. I love I love Gambit. Uh, again, being I grew up as a young as a young child. Like I, but my first introduction to the X Men mm-hmm. was, was X Men. It was like in 1991. Mm-hmm. Jim Lee X Men number one. The Golden Blue teams. We focused on the mm-hmm. blue team, and it consisted of Wolverine, Cyclops, Beast, Psylocke. And Gambit, mm-hmm. and Gambit to me was just the coolest because everybody loved Wolverine, and Gambit I think was like kind of like indicative of the '90s too. You know, he's like the we talk all again from all the different other characters having like these dual uh, personalities or dual. Gambit's another one who's like a thief. You would think he's a thief. He steals. He's and he's like the equivalent, almost like just more of a. Uh, scummier version of Aladdin, if you will. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's he's a thief with a heart of gold, and he does some underhanded and oh, some devious good. things. But in the end, he always tries to do the right thing. And I just think it's very, very interesting. And then him and Rogue having that, like, Romeo and Juliet type of relationship where it's like, you know, they, they're meant to be together, but he can't, you know, he's the thief that stole her heart. It's so, like, poignant and so poetic. Mm-hmm. And I just think for him just like and then just some of the backstory that they were able to bring in with him with him you know kind of being like the guy that led uh the was not the purifiers i can't remember to the morlock tunnels this is something we haven't talked about i wonder what's going to happen with that gambit movie they were developing it's probably going to sit on the shelf or it's going to go straight to like a hulu yeah or yeah whatever the yeah. streaming services would be yeah you know what i always liked about gambit his dynamic his dynamic with wolverine to always like they, they just it, it's very similar to the Wolverine's dynamic with Scott in a way yeah but I think I think with with but he cares about Rogue more Wolverine cares about Rogue more as I think even in, if I remember the animated series correctly even kind of as a little sister you know, or as yeah as, or as but a it's more Jubilee. somebody somebody he trusts yeah, yeah somebody I mean, he cares about I in think, some way I yeah. think it's like yeah. Wolverine and Gambit are, are almost like very similar cut from the same cloth like they're both they both have a tendency where mm-hmm. they can do some very bad things yep. if, if you know, the situation provides where Gambit's a little bit more, like, devious, and I don't think mm-hmm. Wolverine trusts that. But I think there's also a respect there for both of their skill sets that they bring to mm-hmm. the table because I remember the the first Gambit limited series is that mm-hmm. Wolverine was yep. like, there's a there's a murder, Gambit has to go back to New mm-hmm. Orleans. Yep. And Wolverine's like, you want me to come with you? He's like, no, this is a family matter. And then it leads to Rogue and Wolverine yeah. sitting there where Rogue finally admits that she's in love with Gambit. And Wolverine says, you know, you, your your relationship, the way you feel about each other, reminds me uh, of myself and, and uh, I think it's Mariko. I forget. I yeah. can't remember her name. Uh, yeah. You know, but it's just like he he recognizes that the the love that they have and he, he respects Gambit enough to mm-hmm. offer it to go with him when Gambit turns him down. So I think there's uh, like a, an understanding there. But I just like the fact like his power set plus he's just a really really good thief plus it's it's almost like he leaves his old life behind and learns mm-hmm. to be a better person but then that old life keeps trying to pull him back in mm-hmm. and i just i like the dynamic there and then they relaunched the comic a couple of times they made him into almost like a spy now him and rogue are married in the comics right but i mean even before yep. that they made him try like a, a 007 james yep. bond type you know betting all these uh, and it's yeah. that's cool but yeah then they did uh Mr. and Mrs. X, is that what they Mr. call it? Mr. and Mrs. X, yep. And it's, I really enjoy that comic series. Oh, you've been, you've I, been I, staying I, on top of that up, one? Yeah, I've been not, not like, I'm not probably like two or three issues behind, yeah, me but too. like, I really, really enjoy yeah. it. And I just, I like the fact that the characters had so much growth and they've, they've done some. The wedding was interesting. So I don't know if you caught the wedding part of that. With uh, Mr. and Mrs. X. Like, it was supposed to be Kitty and Colossus. It was supposed, yes, it was supposed to be Kitty and Colossus and they decided not to get married and they were like, and then, you know, Gambit and Rogue were like, you know what? Let's do this. You know what I mean? Everybody's here. Why let this go to waste? So it was kind of a nice twist in that comic because what was funny was like I was still buying on paper at the time and like all just like the Batman Catwoman Mm -hmm. wedding, like all the covers were like, oh, you know, all these like wedding specials and things like that. And then you get there. It's like, nope, doesn't happen. Same thing with like Batman Catwoman. Just just, if you haven't read Batman, sorry. Uh, (laughs) It's it's almost a year old. So it's like, you know. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the fact that those things didn't take place and. But at least in the X Men thing, we got 
probably what a lot of fans kind of wanted to see or were hoping to see at some point. You know, and and they're and like you said, that comic's very good. I really like. I, that I enjoy, it. I enjoy and, it. And to kind of cap it off, what what who Gambit reminds me of, and I know they've asked already asked him, or they there were hints that they were mm-hmm. asking him to play him in the movies before I think Channing yep. Tatum was uh, Josh Holloway, who played mm-hmm. Sawyer from Lost, mm-hmm. because again, very very similar type of Would characters. Where similar, where Sawyer was kind of hated at the beginning, mm-hmm. but he was kind of like you know the from the female demographic. He's a good looking yeah. dude. He's got that southern. But he's still drug, got that grimy kind of. And he's he's a he's a con man, but yeah. he's also like he's also like you a rogue. Long, <laughs> he's a rogue, but he longs to be a hero, and he yeah. wants to do the right thing, and he tries to take very care similar, of people. Yeah. It's very very similar to Gambit, and like I don't know, ever since like the early nineties, and then the animated series just made me like Gambit like the most. Yeah, and the power's uh, awesome too. You yeah, admit. and so before we like, before we close out and say uh, where you can find us, I um, want to go to one more quick Gambit clip which is my favorite line that Gambit's ever said. I'll take these. You must like to play cards. I like solitaire, okay? Unless I got someone to play with. So unless I got someone to play with, Gambit always being the uh, the flirtatious self that he is. But uh, yeah, that was the final countdown. Good countdown. Uh, so this is the area of the show where we talk about the bat signal, where we talk about let's where you can find us. Uh, let's... We have Twitter, Facebook, Facebook, and Instagram. Instagram for your geek on all of those. Uh, we're going to be posting a lot more. I post almost daily on Instagram when I remember to. I have a uh, DC calendar page a day, and I keep posting that. And I post the pictures of the shows that we're doing, so you can check those out. Um, follow us. We're on Podbean or iTunes. Just search for For Your Geek. Find that uh, Ninja Turtles logo yep. or the the. We can't actually say Ninja Turtles logo. One that fits the similar Ninja Shadow Turtles. Turtles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hero mutant hero turtles, as they're known in uh, England, I believe. Sh- teenage shadow mutant tortoises. Sure, exactly. Kawabunga. Kawabunga. Man. Hang ten, dude. Um, yeah, so we can find us on all that. Uh, I'm or visit us on our website, mm-hmm. Jfree the Geek. And uh, you know what? Reach out to us on Twitter. Reach out to us on Instagram or Facebook. Tell us. Your Download top. us on Podbean. Well, tell us your five favorite yeah, X Men characters. Absolutely, we'd like to hear from that. Uh, you know, give us that, and then uh, KB, just finish it off. Hit him with your uh, catchphrase. Get your geek on. That's it. Well, I thought you were working on another one. Nah, I'm lazy. You're still here. It's over. Go home.